Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris, as always, broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas, rather warm and humid day. Julie, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you. It's going to be a really fun, great show. Lots of interesting things happening that we will get into. And, of course, we'll round out our seven-step listing process. Just a quick reminder, screwing up any of these steps is recipe to not actually take the listing. So pay attention. And this was, of course, by special request. So if you guys have any other radio show requests, we always take a look at those, of course, and that's how a lot of this ends up getting uh, broadcast. So Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com if you've got any special requests. Back to you, Tim. Awesome. So this is a special uh, message for all of our members. Uh, We do now have an in-house PLP, pre-listing pack, service for all of you guys. So if you've not completed your pre-listing pack, this is just for Premier Coaching, Premier Coaching VIP, and Elite members. We now have an in-house service that can do that for you. And uh, the link for that information is on the private Facebook page. So for uh, Premier members, go to the private Facebook page. It's pinned at the top. Click the link, and then you can have your own PLP made for you. So any excuses that you may still have lingering as to why you haven't gotten it done yet, hopefully we're doing, uh, we've eliminated them. So get it done. You guys are in the, hit, in the heart of it. You're in the market. This is in the season. This is where you should be in your business 100%. Focus on the things that are going to put you in a position to help folks and make money. This time of year, guys, avoid big, long, comprehensive, special projects. No, you know, no big, long, protracted, uh, you know, huge, non-sales-focused projects should be happening this time of year. You hold those off until your non-work hours or towards a slower part of your selling season. This time of year, all of your best energies need to be spent on selling houses, not going to seminars, not uh, deciding that you're going to create some new branding campaign, even though I know you guys are getting inundated with all those messages and those things all have a place in your business. Make sure you do not think that those things are a better use of your time than being in a position to help people and make money for you and your family. Be very, very clear about that. Avoid the shiny, pretty objects. Avoid the distractions. Julie, you have a really wonderful email that you'd like to share. Uh- Yes, I actually have two. I'll do the the one you're thinking of first, but don't let me forget the Facebook. I have a great aha moment that somebody just posted. Let's see. Okay, I'm going to make sure I've got it. Okay, this is from Alex Gill. Now, he says, hi, Tim and Julie. My name is Alex Gill. I discovered your show over two months ago. At the time, I was a major procrastinator. I would put off all major life tasks. Your show attracted me, and I called for a coach. But in between the conversation, I chickened out and I did not join. Here I'd like to make a special shout-out to your colleague, uh, Mr. Tony Carey, who consistently contacted me and uh, convinced me that I would be able to to stop putting it off. (laughs) Okay, so anyway, long story short, let's see. He came out of the hospital a few days ago. I'm just kind of editing a little bit. Uh, Listen to today's show, and it will be for the rest of my life. I'm a doer now. I signed up. I'll be spending my recovery time listening with my laptop, my real estate exam, uh, which I'm planning on getting to 100% in. Okay, now, he, let's see, we fast forward. Alex uh, signed up for coaching. 
We had a lot of nice back and forth email. And he says, quick update. I did indeed pass my real estate exam. I am now working for the Spencer Snyder Group located in Naples uh, Naples Island, Long Beach. And I conducted my first open house today for a property, which is $1.295 million. I found it's a benefit working for a small group that dominated the high-end territory of Long Beach. Well, uh, he goes on to say that he, let's see, listed one for that price and then is also going to help them with a million-dollar-plus buyer side. Let's see, prospecting in that area. Had my first coaching call, very helpful. Apart from prospecting, doing open houses, meeting people in the territory, and getting my name out there, I still have lots of materials to study in your program, such as pre-listing packages, scripts for qualifying clients, and my treasure map. I hope you feel that I'm on the right track. Yes, absolutely. And I wrote back, you have a great, excellent start. Everything you presented is spot on with what I want you doing. I'm happy to hear that you're participating in the daily coaching calls. And then I gave him some homework assignment, 18 relentless lead follow-up rules, whiteboards, visual accountability, all of that great stuff. And... He goes on with another update, followed up with one of his leads. Uh, let's see. There's a lot of back and forth. Sorry, I'm editing here a little bit. But basically, it's working, and right out of the gates, he has found success. We literally were talking to Alex from before the time that he actually even got his license. And now he's a great example of somebody who is overcoming what he says I just listened to your uh, webcast about the conflict monster episode and found Tim's story about the driver acting aggressively on the road and how we react to the situation. It was an aha moment for me when I realized that I can protect myself against emotional vampires. So here's somebody that's deep diving into our coaching material, Tim, taking it to heart, implementing, and already monetizing. So I wanted to highlight Mr. Alex Gill in the Naples, Florida area. If you guys have any referrals, even though he's newer He's going to, I'm sorry, yes, Naples Plaza in Long Beach. I got that wrong. I mix up my beaches sometimes. He's the guy that's going to implement and take it home. So that's from Alex. I know we have some listeners who are inspired by the show and getting ready to get licensed. You guys don't have to wait to be successful. Anybody that tells you that, you should just walk away from. Anything you want to add to that, Tim? Sorry, that was a little rambly and getting edited, but that was a combination of about 14 emails. <laughs> okay. So here, here's um, the thing. Here's yeah. like here, but Julie, here's the takeaway from his email. But here's the takeaway from everybody who's ever been successful at anything, not just our coaching program, but anything, is that the best gift you can give to yourself is total and complete immersion, literally immersion. Because saturate your brain with things that are reinforcing the thoughts of basically staying on the path and becoming a powerful listing agent. That's where you guys are going to win the quickest. Where you guys screw up, and it happens to everybody. It's not just you know coaching agents or whatever, everybody, is when you try to take a little bit from this, a little bit from that. When you basically try to make it better, you try to, you know, you essentially don't stay on the path. I'm going to tell this story really, really quick. So Julie and I are sitting in a movie theater. This is in Las Vegas. This is a long time ago. And some big screen IMAX thing just came out about climbing to the top of Everest. And it was, you guys probably saw this. And I remember thinking to myself, A, I sure as hell never want to do that before. B, that sure as hell looks cold. I'd never want to do that. Uh, C, I definitely don't want to do that. But here's what I was paying attention to. The fact is, is that these guys that were like, you know, big, husky, most of Americans were showing up with all this fancy gear, uh, you know, in the best shape of their lives. A lot of these guys, because doing this is really expensive, a lot of these guys were career 
you know, a, they're very successful. This whole thing, right? So they show up with all this gear, these big, you know, looking dudes, and they show up at this little village. If you guys saw this movie, you know what I'm talking about. They show up at this little village, and this little village basically makes a living from these dudes showing up wanting to climb to the top of Everest. So there's the Sherpas. You guys have heard Sherpas before. Well, they're real, and they're these guys that are probably the tallest one's probably about maybe five foot five. They look like they're emaciated. They're really skin look, skinny looking dudes. Um, and so they are then hired, the Sherpas are hired then to carry all the gear of these big, huge, bulky Americans to the top uh, of the mountain. So when you guys, when you guys see the uh, movie, what struck me wasn't that what, it wasn't just the, you know, four or five or six courageous, you know, Western mountain climbers, you know, all these big dudes that are going to like write their life story as they're going up this mountain. It was the story of the dudes that were following them that were actually doing most of the work that were not just carrying, uh, you're not just, you know, making the same sojourn to the top of this thing, but also carrying all their, you know, custom high end mountain climbing swag. You guys get the point? It was just kind of funny for me to watch this, that, that no one talks about the Sherpas, that we always talk about these guys that are anyway so at the base of the mountain what happens is is that there's different and i don't remember the details exactly some of you guys are climbers and you'll send me an email and correct me on my details but as you are ascending this mountain or any mountain really there's different levels in which you basically kind of stage so i remember the first one was where the sherpas lived that was a little sherpa village and that's where you hire your sherpas that's where you basically make a plan and and you decide you know essentially what days you're going to start climbing and I remember, again, this is the story that was within the story, that the Sherpas were like, we know this mountain. We've lived by this mountain for essentially generations. We know what that cloud means. That, we know this, everything. We know the best way, the safest way. We know when to climb, when not, when not to climb. We know what every single warning sign is. So if you want to get up there and you don't want to die, you listen to what we say. Okay? True story. Now, at the base camp, there was a uh, – all I remember is one of the guys was French – and uh, he was also in the same area, and he was some sort of, I've climbed every mountain, I don't need a Sherpa, I'm going to get to the top, I've got this map, I'm going to figure out how to do it myself. I'm not making this up, guys. This is, this is, watch the movie. I'm going to uh, kind of make my own path, and I think there were two other guys that were with him. So you had this group of guys that were listening to the Sherpas. The Sherpas had been up to the top of the mountain. They knew what days to climb, knew the safest way to get up there, the whole thing. The other guy was like, screw it, I'll go up, I'm Mr. Stud, I know I have a lot of natural climbing ability, I can, you know, breathe and I don't need oxygen and the whole thing. So the French guy and the, the leaves before the other group of people and part of the journey on the way up was they're following the same path and then they branch off. So the, the path, and they showed this in the movie, so the, the, you know, the Sherpa-led path was going to essentially go to the right and the French guy was going to go to the left, but the, you know, the bottom part was the same. So they go up there, and you know they see that the French guy had been there. They see where he camped out because there's base camps on the way that basically are you know where people stay. So they could say, well, he had obviously had a fire here, and he's already left. Must have left the night before, all of that sort of thing. So they basically go up. So not all the way. So they get to the you know the branch, and the you know the French guy and his little group had you know gone his direction, and they're starting to go the other direction. So not all the Westerners made it up. Some of them made it up. Some of them didn't. Like I said, I don't know why people would want to do that, but anyway, some of them made it. Some of them didn't. Then on the way back down, what they ran across was signs that the French guy had died. And sure enough, he froze on the mountain because he, he went up on the mountain uh, during a time when it was uh, going to snow, was going to blizzard, and they basically found his frozen body. And not only that, but as they're crossing this part of the path on the way back down, they didn't follow the exact same path um, down as they did up. 
they found other people that had frozen on the mountain. Literally, when the, the snow would blow and you would literally walk past a frozen body that had been there for who knows how long, people that didn't hire a Sherpa. I think that is a very uh, powerful lesson for life. Anytime you're going to go on a journey, you're going to have to, or if you want to get to the top and you want to get back down and you don't want to die, I'm giving you an extreme example, but I think you guys are understanding, you sure as hell better hire a Sherpa. And when you hire a Sherpa, you better listen to him. I mean, you know, he's got something invested in you getting up there and getting down too. Otherwise, you're going to be an agent sickle along the side of Mount Everest. So I want you guys to think about that. When you run up, the, when you're in this situation where you, if your goal is truly to get to the top of the mountain and be one of the few people that actually made it up and to, had, you know, made it back down again, it's one thing to go up. You need to make it back down again to, to tell the story. If you want to be that guy or gal, well, then why not follow the path that's going to get you up there versus the other guy who has got it in his head that he doesn't need that or he's going to, you know, put his own hybrid approach together. You know, I didn't mean to make this a long story, but I think it's a powerful story because it answers the question about why some of us needlessly struggle, you know, entire lives past because of the fact that for some reason we had the screw loose in our heads that led us to believe that we could basically figure it out on our own opposed to reading books, listening to others, following the footsteps of others, learning from the mistakes of others. There's this disconnect that some people have that they maintain their entire lives that literally makes it so their existing, existence on this planet is full of unnecessary work, unnecessary misery, where, guys, there are proven paths to get to where you want to go. It's not, a, it's not a mystery. You just have to set aside your ego. You have to set aside your misbeliefs about your ability to actually go up the mountain. Sometimes you have to set aside all of your you know, pre- preconceived notions about what it takes to be successful and follow blindly. Have confidence in your Sherpa. Does that make sense, Julie? Yeah, it absolutely does, and that's a great segue into somebody who is indeed climbing the mountain and has some guidance from Sherpas, of course, but she's overcoming some of that trepidation. I love, And I've talked to Ashley before. She's got a great personality. This is from Ashley Brackens on our Facebook page. So follow this. She writes, I'm so excited to be able to write this post. I had hoped to do it yesterday, last week, and last month, but it didn't happen. Anyway, I just became a, quote, full-time agent yesterday. Over the last week, my boyfriend and I have been painting and cleaning my new home office so I could start prospecting in an optimum environment. It didn't happen. What did happen was a lot of creative avoidance. I even made a list of things I did before calling. Literal thoughts I had in my head were things like, oh, I can't start calling people without a new trash bag in my trash can in my nearly paperless office. Absolutely ridiculous. I decided that today wasn't going to be that way. I didn't start calling at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. like I wanted to, but I did call. My first call was someone that had already sold their house. She was super sweet, moved on, and made six more calls. Then I got an appointment for a $650,000 listing. After seven calls, that's it. I fumbled over a couple of words, but I and my prospect laughed it off. And no, I didn't die or I didn't break out in hives. My heart was racing and my hands are still clammy, but it's from excitement. And then she writes, back to prospecting. So that's a major breakthrough that Ashley had, and I'm so proud of her, and I love that she shared that on Facebook. There were lots and lots of great comments and support uh, notes from other members, and, uh, you know, lots of people saying you're giving them inspiration. One person wrote back, hi, Ashley Bracken, so proud of you. Set a goal for tomorrow to make either five more calls or start five minutes early. Works for me. Let's go get them. So this is why I love our Facebook page is that you guys go through some of these trepidations together. 
you look at that mountain, you wonder if you should be listening to your Sherpa or not, you put one foot in front of the other, even if it freaks you out a little bit, like it did Ashley for a while. But now look at the success. She already had seven calls. I mean, honestly, guys, had she not made, what, did, what would it have cost her not to have made that seventh call is where my coaching well, brain but goes to. Isn't but. that the hardest part, though? I mean, making that when you're brand new. Look, guys, you could be a grizzled veteran. A lot of you listening are. A lot of our coaching clients, they've been to this coaching program. They've been to the other coaching program. They've tried this program. They've tried this. They've tried the other thing, and they're like, oh, my gosh, all this. And then they come to us, and we say, do these things. We make it super simple, super practical. Everything we say is tactical. There's not a lot of, you know, think about stuff. There's just do, have the mindset of service. That's the reason so many of you guys like us. And we, and that's where Ashley and others are going to win ultimately because she is realizing maybe for the first time in her life, actually I don't know you, but maybe this is true, that you are now accepting the fact that your long-term ever-increasing success is going to come from doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. I know that is a bittersweet thing to have to say, let alone learn, but do yourself a favor and write that down. For you right now in your career, and by the way, for the rest of your life, that means picking up the phone and making the calls. Don't wait to feel a certain weight. Don't wait for your trash can to have a new bag in it. Don't wait at all. Just do it. And when you put the headset on, when you start reading the script and you start making the calls, stay present with those calls. Focus on being of service to those people. Don't let your mind full of all these ego fear thoughts. Drill down. Stay focused. And what you're going to find is the success becomes easier. The calls become easier. The appointments happen faster than you build that listing inventory. But it has to happen from your actions, and it has to happen when you do things you don't want to do when you don't want to do them at the highest level. Don't wait to feel inspired. Don't wait to feel passionate. Don't wait to discover your big why. That's nothing but a big lie. You've got to do the work. And then what you're going to see when you start realizing you're helping people, which is an amazing thing because you're, you know, essentially that's how we're wired – being of service to other people, unless you're a sociopath, I suppose, is how all of us are wired. And then when you start seeing the money come in from that, those two things will reinforce each other, and you're on a completely different trajectory for the rest of your life. That is the greatest gift that we can give to you guys as our coaching, as our coaching clients and future coaching clients. Speaking of which, and Julie, I want you to get back to your – I'd like to finish this uh, yep, seven critical things. to. Ready? Okay, So uh, we're going to finish in a second. So, guys, listen, if you've not requested uh, your free coaching call with one of our new member coaches – to get your real estate treasure map completed, everyone we share with you, all these testimonials, all the people that are succeeding, they're coming from having that been their first step. So go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and when you do, we're going to give you those six free books, including the real estate treasure map. Um, and when you have your free coaching call, the coach is actually going to help you create your lead generation wheel. So all of you guys that live in fear of not knowing where your leads are going to come from, sign up for the free coaching call, grab those six free books, show up for the free coaching call, and the coach will help you get the lead generation wheel started. And if you decide to become a coaching member, fantastic. If you don't, at least at the end of the call, you're going to have a, really a ton of clarity. And, Julie, I think we should remind everyone, I know you and Gina have been working your butts off on this, Harris Rules. The, our new book, our newest book, should be coming out sometime in the third or fourth quarter. A lot of you guys have been asking about that, so more on that um, as we get closer to the release date. All right, Julie, let's roll in. Yeah, the third quarter, so help me God, it will be happening. Okay, so back to our seven-step listing process, and I'll just go quickly through these, and we're going to do number six and seven. Step number one, generate the lead in the first place. Number two, follow up with urgency. Number three was pre-qualify for motivation and time frame. Number four is this, uh, sending the pre-listing package. Five was to confirm the appointment, and we talked about a script of how to do that yesterday. Number six, present. It's showtime. 
couple of quick reminders. Remember that presenting begins at the time you convert the prospect from a prospect into an appointment. The better you are from the beginning, the higher chance you are of act have of actually taking the listing. Use our powerful and proven listing presentation. Do not wing it. Even with past clients and people in your sphere, referrals, quote, slam dunk appointments, they deserve your utmost respect, not your skipping of steps. So I would say especially your past clients, centers of influence, referrals, and allegedly slam dunk appointments. But everyone gets the same presentation. Preview the competition and pending listings to be as accurate as possible in your pricing. Remember, pricing right in the first place prevents you from having to deal with reduction conversations later. Next, know what's important to the homeowner. Don't assume that you know, and don't assume that it's always just about price. So present, it's showtime, that's step number six. Now, a lot of agents think that's the only step, but we're making it a lot more clear than that. Step number seven, close. I always like the saying, ABC, always be closing. Now, Know how to use soft closes, direct closes, and don't walk out the door saying, okay, I'll follow up in a few days. Instead, leave with the signed documents in one step, whenever possible. Remember that the definition of close is that it's the logical ending to a great presentation. It's far easier to close when you've actually followed all the previous steps, i.e. you've actually had a great presentation. Many of you guys get messed up at the end of your presentation because you didn't handle any objections until the end. It's really hard to close somebody when they're throwing objections at you. So make sure you know what their hot buttons are and don't make those assumptions. Remember, up, definition up, up, of close, logical ending. Go ahead. Joy, sidestep. If you guys send the pre-listing yep. pack, you follow the pre-listing presentation, or I'm sorry, the pre-listing process, you will not usually get any objections whatsoever. So it's really important that you understand, because Julie, I promise you, someone who's not familiar with our system, listen to what you just said, and has this image mm -hmm. from the boiler room, where people are basically going to have to, you know, put thumb screws to people to try to get them signed contracts. Yeah. That's not that's not how our process works, guys. When you follow our process, the pre-listing pack, all the heavy lifting is done for you prior to get to getting to the actual house to meet with the seller. Most of your listing appointments, when you follow our listing process, will take less than a half hour, and literally there won't be any points of contention because they'll have already decided to list with you. I'm not exaggerating. That's how it works when you follow the process. Will you get everyone as a brand-new agent? No, but will you get a hell of a lot more than you otherwise would have? Of course. So, guys, focus on following the process. Next point, Julie. Yes, that's it, and we're talking all about the close. It's a lot more logical when they don't have the objections hanging in their minds. And by the way, when you do this process, it makes, you know, I guess what I would say the opposite. If you don't do this process throughout your presentation, even if it's the most awesome presentation ever, if they're holding on to objections in their brain because they don't want to forget that and they're waiting for you to stop talking, how much are they really paying attention to you anyway? Okay, keep that in mind. And you guys know that when they, you know, lean back from the table and cross their arms and cross their legs, you've lost them. So next point in this is related. Don't drop the ball once you've got the listing. Remember, you're still, quote, presenting until your seller gets that check at closing. Follow your own listing plan of action, which you promised in your pre-listing package, and strive to under-promise and over-deliver. Also use our seller's 12-week communication plan if your listings aren't selling overnight so that you're the one that has the listing when it actually sells instead of having expireds. I have a rule, especially with our premier uh, coaching clients, Tim, they're only allowed to prospect expired. They're not allowed to actually have any themselves. 
Just a reminder. Mm -hmm. Okay. So remember, listings are mental labor. Buyers are physical labor. Being a great listing agent takes skill, practice, experience, and perseverance. Commit to being the best, and soon you'll feel more freedom in your practice and less stress. How many buyers can you work with at the same time versus how many listings? The lifestyle of the listing agent is much more flexible as it's more scalable than buyers. So what are they to do with all of this, Tim? What steps do you have to take? Ask yourselves, listeners, uh, certainly Premier Coaching members, what do you have to do so that you're following 100% of the seven-step process? What would happen if you did do those things? What would your goals be if you knew that you could take very close to 100% of the listings you went on, even the ones that weren't referrals? Would you prospect more? Would you be more like Ashley, who got over her prospecting trepidation and set an appointment the first time she picked up the phone on the seventh call? Would you be more urgent with your lead follow-up? The better your listing skills are, the bigger you can think. And I'm going to throw it back to you, Tim, so I can get ready to talk to my premier people. Yeah, well, so look, the takeaway here, guys, for all of you is follow the process, right? Don't be one. Of, don't be an agent sickle on the side of Mount Everest. You know, follow the process. Oversaturate or you just completely saturate your mind with everything that's going to reinforce the idea that you're going to become a powerful listing agent. Don't struggle with the. Don't even call yourself a real estate agent, guys. I know that that is a screwy concept for a lot of you. Stay. Look at yourself for what you are. You are an entrepreneur. You are a small business owner. You are. And by the way, small businesses anymore are considered businesses with revenue anything less than like $50 million. And by revenue, I don't mean the value of the product that they sell. I mean the actual profit that comes from the product. So look, there's, nothing, there's no shame in calling yourself a small business owner because that is what you are. So be the best version of an entrepreneur and a small business owner that you can. You know, and that's going to basically be – pretend you bought a franchise, right? And I'm not saying we're a franchise. The word franchise has a lot of legality associated with it. But if you were to go and buy a franchise for – it doesn't matter what. A Chick-fil-A is the most successful uh, uh, franchise out there from what I understand. It's also the same the, – the, what makes it successful is the people that buy the Chick-fil-A's are essentially – they're not just buying a business and they're not independent business people. They're essentially having to deal with the very, very heavy hand of Chick-fil-A corporate. And Chick-fil-A corporate is incredibly selective on who they allow to be franchisees. And then when you are a franchisee, the, the one thing that Chick-fil-A – we know someone that owns two – the one thing that Chick-fil-A people uh, complain about is they feel like they're employees, and but the fact is, is that they are getting consistent results. So they, you know, some of them will say, I'm, "I work. I don't feel like I'm working for myself, but I'm also making a lot of money, and I also know somebody who owns McDonald's, and they're not doing so well." You guys get the point. What Chick-fil-A knows, and what the folks that basically bought into their model accept, is the fact that if you follow a proven path, you're going to have higher probability of having consistent success in your life. And there's might as well not struggle. Might as well not sign yourself up for needless uh, having to learn and relearn the same lesson over and over again. Follow in the footsteps of others. Remember the old proverb that a smart man learns from his mistakes, a brilliant man learns from the mistakes of others. Guys, this is your opportunity. You are in the right place at the right time. This is your market. Don't wait for your clean trash can anymore. Don't wait for anything else to happen. Don't wait for a tap on the shoulder. Don't wait for motivation. Don't wait for a you know whatever, whatever, to all of a sudden make it so you're going to finally do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. Now is the time. Right now. Make a list of all the things you don't want to do the most in your business. Just focus on your business. And I guarantee you the things you write down, every single one of you, 100,000 of you guys listen on a regular basis, every single one of you are writing down the same things. And look what you're writing down. 
The, the very things that are going to make you money are the things that you're procrastinating doing. No wonder you're not making the money you want to be making. Isn't that ironic? Don't you guys see that? How many of you right now are planning on, after listening to this podcast, doing non-dollar productive things? You're going to Facebook. You're going to tweet. You're going to like. You're going to you know, work on a postcard design. You're going to study your logo. You're going to this, the other thing. No. If you are serious about being of service to others, helping people, and making money, you need to go to where they are, and you need to help them and stop hiding from the very things that you are supposed to be doing. That's how you become rich. When you accept the fact that it's about doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. You guys get it, don't you? Oh, I know some of you don't like hearing it. I know some of you are resisting it. I've been doing this for two decades, so I know exactly how you guys are feeling. You know, I've had coaching calls where people will try to come up with all kinds of creative ways not to do those things. But when you finally just break through and start doing them, it gets easier. As you become more successful, you realize that you are living to your highest and truest purpose, which is being of service to others, and all of a sudden things start to click. If you guys are waiting for that epiphany, if you're waiting for that breakthrough, that's where you're going to find it. When you're helping people, you see you're solving other people's problems, and then the checks start flowing in. That's the learning. That's the next level for all of you. Guys, listen, if there's anything we can do for you, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the radio manana. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.